are back. We are doing a new segment where we bring on a small business owner so we can talk a little bit about their business, about what they do, what kind of um, issues or problems they've come up, come against in starting and running a business, you know, maybe business during COVID and whatever comes up. And so right now we have with us Jen from Cranes Critter Care. Jen, thanks for joining us for the first small business segment. Thank you so much for inviting us. And today I actually have four chinchilla friends with me. This is Ursula. Uh, One thing that's a little bit different about Crane's Critter Care is we go far beyond just cats and dogs. Mm -hmm. Uh, We do all sorts of exotics, whether it's birds, small mammals, farm animals, reptiles, anything, just because we have so many people that have so many other pets besides just cats and dogs. And I noticed when I was working at the APL that that was a big issue people were having was not being able to find a sitter for anything other than just basic cat, dog, or if they had an animal with medical issues. Mm. So that's one thing that Crane's Critter Care is able to do is we can do animals with medical issues Uh, whether that be needing shots multiple times a day, medications multiple times a day. Uh, We could do dogs or cats with behavior issues that could normally go to a kennel or a normal dog sitter, whether it be some like stranger danger or anything like that. We also work with the harder cases. I personally love the challenges and have seven years experience with shelter animals because training a shelter animal is so much different than training a dog that you just bought from the pet store and it's an eight week old puppy. Mm -hmm. So it's just a little bit different method of going about things, but uh, it's been really great overall. We've had to change a lot of stuff with COVID. Right. And that's one thing that's kind of been tricky is, As COVID comes up each month, we have to kind of adapt and do whatever we see that customers are looking for, whether it be people going out of town. So that increased number of training sessions. Uh, We noticed people wanting more medical care, people wanting more educational seminars. So whatever people are looking for, Crane's Critter Care is kind of filling in that gap and just going with the flow of where COVID's at and what people are needing with as far as animal care. So where would you say you guys started? It sounds like such an amazing and valiant effort that you're doing, and especially for the individuals in that community. You're almost like an, an immeasurable asset because even through COVID, you're still trying to push and still trying to make sure that the animal care is first and foremost. So what pushed you into this avenue, into this world? So first, I actually started at an animal shelter as a veterinarian assistant. Mm. I was there for four years, and then I switched to another shelter as their main foster coordinator and doing educational seminars. And that's one of the biggest issues I noticed was uh, I was in the intake department where people would surrender animals Mm. and have issues. And a big thing is lack of education, whether it be their animal has an issue they don't know how to properly train or fix it so then immediately they just surrender it or they're at work 10 hours a day don't have anyone to let them out and think they don't have time to have an animal or someone passed away or moved out there's 
a chinchilla left behind and they have no idea how to take care of a chinchilla. Right. So they surrender them over. And it's one of those things where the more education we're able to provide to the public, a lot more people can keep animals in their homes, take better care of their animals. It makes a better relationship between you know, the owner and pet and more animals just stay in a healthy, happy home. So it's a little bit of keeping animals out of the shelter, keeping them in good conditions, just for improved quality of life for everyone. Right. Yeah, no. So I wanted to actually ask about something along those same lines. You know, since we've been going through COVID, this is something that we touched on in, in one of my classes, actually. We were talking about uh, pharmaceuticals and medications for animals versus for people. Uh, it was it was business of biology, so we were talking about big pharma quite a bit. But you know, one of the things that came up is that they're different markets, right? If you have a life threatening disease or disorder, you're probably more likely to get that medication than you would for a life threatening disease or disorder for an animal, or at least some people are. So. Along those same lines of what you were talking about, one thing that I was hoping to kind of get out there, one thing I think that needs saying is I'm sure that lots of people bought a new animal because of COVID, right? You're locked up, you're stuck at home, you need a buddy, you need someone. Yeah, but that said, I'm slightly concerned that we're going to see a big Christmas uh, dumpage effect at the end of COVID, right? Where everyone is like, well, now we're back at work, now we're back at school, now we're busy, now we don't have any time. And so, well, we have to get rid of the animal. So I guess I wanted to kick it over to you, Jen, and just see what you thought about that. Do you think that phenomenon is going to happen once we, quote unquote, get back to normal? And like, what could you say to pet owners that currently do have their pet that, you know, may be thinking of doing something like that? So I completely agree. And that's something even when I was still at the shelter, we talked about with so many people now that they're working from home temporarily, were adopting animals, but they're not thinking in the future a lot of times. So that's one thing during the summer, especially I focused on was doing seminars and different things on how to prevent separation anxiety. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's going to be one of the issues as well with a lot of people getting puppies. The puppies are used to people being home all day, leaving for maybe two hours tops. And then all of a sudden you're drastically, you're changing their schedule. They're, way of life pretty much by being gone nine, 10 hours a day, that's going to have a lot of issues with separation anxiety being the biggest one. And then I see a lot of people, once that happens, surrendering them to shelters, that's a huge reason people surrender. So it's going to go a couple ways. Either people are going to need help with separation anxiety, people are gonna need someone to let the animal out during the day because they didn't plan on being gone 10 hours a day or a lot of people are going to surrender animals. And that's basically what shelters are kind of preparing for right now is every time something big like this happens, there is a spike. Uh, You heard it in the past with like Game of Thrones, for example, there was a huge spike in Huskies. People didn't Mm -hmm. do their research. And then the, There was a big spike in Huskies going to the shelter because of that. John Wick, there was a spike in the Shepherds. Not with his, he had a pit bull, but the other Shepherd people in general getting them. Uh, Just as movies come out, it spikes that animal. Mm -hmm. So there's actually, and then now with uh, 
Disney's movie coming out, they're looking at probably a spike in Dalmatians as well, which they're also hard to take care of. Right. So really just educating people and preparing for those spikes as they happen. Yeah. No, that's a really good point. And I, I wouldn't have even thought of half of the spikes that you were talking about it, but it makes sense, you know, now thinking about it. Brandon, I dropped a picture of your adorable little puppy on the stream. So everyone watching on YouTube and on Twitch right now is watching your little puppy in your little video square. So do you want to give a little introduction his for him now that Parker. he's there? Yeah, man, that's my little guy, Parker. I got him when he was two months old. He is a uh, Habanese and toy fox terrier mix. Um, he's, he's, he's an apartment dog in at least in our realm. He's super-duper quiet, very independent. Um, very playful and lively and very easily to take care of. He's such an amazing dog, very uh, personable and a high personality. Typically not what you would, at least when I see dogs and the, the panting and the, he doesn't really act like that. He's kind of acts like, you know, someone who works, someone that's like 51 years old that works down in Soho in New York <laughs> that kind of just goes about his day. Like he's such an independent little guy. <laughs> he, he's, he might say, hey, he might put his paw on your knee and he's like, hey, I want, I want, I want a hug. And that'll be it. He'll be like, all right, I'm good. He's like a cat dog. It's like a Sheba. It's like he's kind of he's amazing. That's adorable. That's Parker. That's adorable. And that's what the breed is. Oh, that's a very good apartment dog. It right. seems like you did your research. Yes. Uh, it's totally different than have, you know, you have some people that get a husky in a small apartment when right. they'll go 10 hours a day. And that's totally different. That's actually uh, my dog Watson, which if you go to the Cranes Critter Care Facebook page for Watson Wednesdays or the main logo is a uh, German Shepherd. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the reasons I got him, he was a humane investigation dog at first and then he got adopted out. But the person actually was keeping him in a sedan. Wow. And then there's more than just not doing their research at right. that point. But he yeah. ripped up car because you can't keep a big dog in a small confined area so it's just you know doing your research knowing what you can provide for longer than you know the eight months two years however long covid's not going to knock on wood right won't last the 12 to 18 years that the dog will live yeah. so thinking that far out in advance it's just a big uh, commitment that you know you hope people think about yeah yeah no it's a it's a great point and it's something that i'm glad we we got a chance to touch on um so jen is clearly like i i so i've known i've known jen for a long time now i've known her since high school and so she is wonderful with animals she's very good with with every pet that i've ever seen her with and so clearly you are experienced with this you you went through you know the the different jobs and working your way through getting the experience for this kind of thing. So you, you're good at what you do. What kinds of challenges though have you met in starting a business, in starting a small business, in doing this, in monetizing and getting customers and you know all of the whole journey, right? If you had some advice either for other people that are aspiring to start a business or just, you know, things that you we're more frustrated about along the way, you know, has anything come to mind? So just with this type of business in general, my biggest issue is, you know, there's a lot of 
trust that people need to have in me and going, right. you know, the random person on the street, they don't know me. And so just seeing my name, seeing Crane's Critter advertised, you know, it's hard still to have someone, okay, I'm going to leave them the keys to my house, let them come in. Uh, so it's really word of mouth more that I get my customers. Mm-hmm. So it's more getting out there. Yeah. You know, starting with five customers that slowly, then that person recommends me to two or three, that person recommends. So it's really, I could advertise all day long. And I did a lot of Facebook advertising. Uh, I have a huge magnet on my car with uh, business card magnets Mm. that as I drive around the community, people can just grab a magnet. So there's different ways I've advertised to the community, different, uh, Facebook uh, groups that are community-based. So I did a lot of local advertisement, but really it's just they're not going to trust until one of their friends recommends. Right. And so just waiting for that was really frustrating. So there was that. Besides that, uh, adapting as well mm-hmm. with I'd have one thing going, you know, starting – a little bit before COVID or right at COVID when everyone thought it was only going to last, you know, two weeks to treat it. People had vacations lined up. So I was, my whole summer was basically booked. And then all of a sudden everyone's canceling vacations because of COVID in April and having to completely change. Okay. That's not going to work. What can I do? So really adaptation as well is a big thing and being that's one thing I'm seeing with a lot of small businesses is either you adapt or you're losing a large amount of income. Mm -hmm. And that's what people that aren't able to adapt. It's sad. And that's where you're seeing small businesses go under. So it's being creative as well. That means tell your friends, tell your friends about us, tell your friends about Crane's Critter Care. If you're listening right now on social media, if you're listening on the streaming platforms or in the archives, Give us a like, give them a like on Facebook and tell your friends, you know, give that's I will echo that right is word of mouth helps a lot. And people don't really realize how little they have to do to help their friends business, like a post, share a post, send a friend their way. What area are you are you from or what area? So I'm um, from the Cleveland area in Cleveland, Ohio. Excellent. So basically, depending on what the area is. I have several people that actually work under me. So mm-hmm. depending on what needs done, if it's anything training, difficult, medical related, or me spending the night, I do it. If it's just letting a dog out or you know something easier, then it's one of my colleagues that do it. And we're all uh, fear-free trained. Everyone has at least a few years experience in shelter work what's fear what's fear free trained I, oh that's what's that? that's actually a new way of training and most vets and shelters are taking that approach it's all positive reinforcement so it's basically everything we do is positive cutting nails for example where in the past they would do a vet hold someone mm. would hold the dog and they you know, pull out their paw and cut the nails. Mm-hmm. Well, that's very stressful on the dog. They don't know what's happening. It makes it a scary experience. So instead, Fear Free is learning different techniques to do those same things to make it less stressful. So now 
uh, when I cut a dog's nails, instead I'll take a paper plate, uh, spray spray cheese all over it, and have the owner hold that plate while I cut the nails. That way no one's holding the dog back. The dog gets spray cheese. It's a really fun experience for the dog. They don't even notice I'm cutting the nails. And it makes it fear-free, quote-unquote. So we try to do that with all of our training, uh, whether it's them learning, you know, getting over a fear of cars, getting over, uh, like, not pulling on the leash, Mm -hmm. not mouthing. We do it all treat-based. They make everything a positive thing. So they get it. Dogs get excited to go to training. And so Mm -hmm. basically it's to the point that when, as soon as I pull in the driveway, dogs that used to be terrified of people or cars are immediately excited for training, uh, jumping up and just really, they want training just as much. So it's just making it a fun experience, uh, not doing anything scary. If we have to do like medicating a cat, make it a positive experience, put tuna on the end of Mm -hmm. the syringe if we have to. Same thing with spray cheese on plates works for cats too. And basically just make it a positive experience. We don't want anything that stresses out the animal. Well, clearly whoever's listening understands that quality and care and I guess puppy first mentality or or, uh, the pet first mentality is, you know, is the derivative here. You know, I, on my end, if I was, cause I'm in Columbus and then if I needed it in Cleveland, you're a hundred percent who I would go to because it sounds like, you're taking the extra step further, at least from quote unquote tradition to, you know, change the environment to make it more uh, pet friendly. What about you, Zach? What's your, what's your thoughts? Yeah, no, I agree. I think that this stuff, you know, we see this stuff with humans, you know, over time we've learned more about positive and negative reinforcement with humans and what works and what doesn't work. And, you know, it works to, it, as far as training goes, right, to use punishment, it, it, it does, right? It, but that said, it's not, for one, it's not as effective in a lot of cases, right? It is more effective to use positive reinforcement, to use less punishment-centered um, techniques. But also, yeah, it's just, it's cruel, right? And it's something that if you can avoid, then you absolutely should. Whether you're talking about humans or animals or what have you, right? the less harm that you can do to to it and accomplish the same thing, the better. There, there's really no reason to opt solely for, for punishment, whether you're talking about humans or or animals. I think that the the other thing that we can talk about with that, with, with COVID, is that it's, it's an example of how adaptation spans past just big things like COVID going on. It's something that you constantly have to look into different different approaches, different techniques, different things that you can do in your business that may be more cutting edge like that um, and, and not used by everyone um, that, that can put you at atop the other ones too. We got your Facebook. Jen, where else can people find you? So you have, you have your Facebook page. Um, do you have a website or do you have anything else that anywhere so- else that people can find you? Right now, the website is being created. It's in its final stages. So I'm hoping that the website's done within a month or two. So right now, Facebook and email are the main parts. And then normally, once we contact that way, mm-hmm. uh, I do free meet and greets. That way, people can meet me. We can talk or talk over the phone. Uh, a lot of times, 
people will tell me what issues they're having. And sometimes it's something I can talk to them just over the phone about and fix Mm -hmm. it or give them how to start fixing it. So basically Facebook messenger or email has been a really big way of communicating and doing that way. And Facebook's where I've stayed most relevant. Uh, But the website, hopefully craneskrittercare.com should be active again in uh, hopefully a month or two. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, definitely go check them out on Facebook, you know, leave leave a good review. If you've gone there for something, recommend your friends. Otherwise, Jen, we do this with our interviewees on the podcast, and we figured we would do it with the small business owners too. We wanted to give you a chance to say what needs saying, to bring up anything that you think is important that we've missed or something you wanted to focus on in more detail, um, anything that maybe you wanted to talk about about your business that maybe we skirted over and you know didn't cover in as much detail as as is worth, um, or just you know something completely unrelated, right? If you've got something on your mind that you feel like you don't have another platform to talk about it on, um, and you want to bring it up, um, then we wanted to give you the floor. Any other plugs, feel free to drop them in there as well. But yeah, um, anything you want to say that needs saying, feel free to go ahead. The floor is yours. There's two totally different ways I can go about this. As you were talking about negative reinforcement immediately, uh, Netflix was looking at uh, making a series with Caesar Malone, the dog trainer, that immediately came to mind. And that's very negative reinforcement, uh, all of that, like alpha dog training, all of that is all from the 70s. And unfortunately, a lot of people still do that same training, which is just cringy to me. So just do your research before uh, getting a trainer. Make sure I highly recommend positive reinforcement 100%. Not bite They're really all of the research... (laughs) shows that that's the more effective way. It may not seem like it's working right away, but it's a lot healthier for the dog. A lot of people, they think the dog's obeying them with really, they're just creating anxiety issues with the dog retreating. And then you're going to have to fix a bunch of anxiety issues down the road, which is a lot more work than just going slow into positive reinforcement. So uh, do your research on which dog trainers you use and For small businesses in general, uh, it sounds a lot scarier than it is uh, just getting your LCC. Just go online. Make sure if you do have a service or business that you do become an LCC. That way it protects you from being sued personally and kind of helps along with that. Mm -hmm. Take that extra time to protect yourself. Uh, And it's really just getting the name you pay a couple fees like for the licenses but it's worth it it's easy to do just make sure you protect yourself and go for it it's really at least state of ohio is super easy to get uh so if you want to start your own business i definitely recommend it start small try not to put a bunch of money into it i would do a job as i'd get money then put that in. So I really didn't invest much in this. I want to say I invested maybe $150 tops in my entire business. Well, probably $250 once it comes to licensing. So try to keep it as small as possible 
So I see so many people go out, buy everything top of the line, and then unfortunately go under, then they have all that stuff. And that makes sense because then you're doing the due diligence. You know, you may not have to front so much, you know, capital, but when you're out here trying to market yourself, going on uh, Facebook, developing the website, coming on the podcast, allowing people who may not necessarily have heard, uh, you know, what you do to you know, hear your voice and hear where the quality comes from. This is what, you know, allows for business to thrive, this advertisement space, you know, promoting yourself. So I, I commend you and I hope, you know, the business flourishes through even these you know, small little instances. Well, thank you so much. And yeah, it's really just staying in your, you know, community is such a big thing, especially nowadays. The community wants to support you. Just, I guess, be a part of your community and they'll help you mm-hmm. back. They'll support you. You support them. Just support your small businesses in general. Yeah, echoed that 100%. Yeah, Jen, thank you so much for joining us again. Um, we're, we're excited to get this series started. I think it'll be fun getting some different small business owners on to kind of talk about business, their services, their products, you know, whatever, and just kind of get, get the word out for more of these companies. Like you said, word of mouth is really the biggest benefit to these small businesses, to us, to, to you, to others. And it there's lots of places for you to advertise yourself. There's lots of places for you to market yourself and everything like that. But if we don't talk about it, if we don't, you know, bring this up and talk about these things with the people we know, then people don't know, right? People don't know how to help a small business because not everyone can, you know, give you a donation of actual money, but everyone can share a post. Everyone can talk about it to a friend and everyone can can help out in some way, shape or form. So I'm excited to get into this series and talk to some more people and help everyone everyone grow in their own way. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed talking. And if anyone has any questions on Crane's Critter Care, free, feel free to message me on Facebook. I love to talk about anything animal related and I loved being on your podcast. This was great. Yeah, we appreciated it.